Hi. Hello. Hi, Jordan. Um, so, hi, guys. Whoever is tuning in, my name is Kinza Javed, and... I'm Jordan. Jordan LeBron. Jordan LeBron, and... Um, we're going to be talking about some of the questions that I was asked by semester one students. And this podcast is going to be catered towards semester one incoming students, giving them some answers and some advice and suggestions. So a little bit about myself. I'm from, um, I'm sorry, I'm in semester five now. And I started Ross in January of 2019. So um, we, Jordan and I actually started together, right, Jordan? Yes, I also was starting in January 2019, so I got to be there for the beginning of Ross and Barbados. Yeah, we were the first class to start in Barbados, um, like especially our medical school journey in Barbados. So it was, it's been, we've been through a lot, <laughs> uh, a lot of good things, a lot of bad things, but mostly good. So. Um, we're here to just kind of answer some of the questions I got. Um, this will not be a very extensive podcast. It's just going to be trying to, like, answer the most popular questions. And if you have more questions, you can reach out to me or Jordan um, personally, and we'll answer more of your questions. So, um, Jordan, do you want to add anything? I'm sorry? Is there anything else you want to add before I dive into the questions? Oh, no, um... I think uh, good to go. Okay, so uh, uh, if I guess uh, to introduce myself a little bit, you're right. Um, again, my name is Jordan LeBron. I uh, recently completed um, my time in the basic sciences with Ross. Uh, I finished um, this past spring semester. Um, so, and I, I was part of the the extra. Believer, we're going to talk a little bit about that and. Mm-hmm. Some of the pros and cons about that. So uh, mm-hmm. right now, I'm just kind of in waiting for uh, to see what's going to happen with IMF. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything is so up in the air. Um, yeah, which is why we're also doing this podcast because we know you guys coming in, things are so different for you all compared to when we started. So um, hopefully, this helps. Um, so I'm gonna. Uh, so the first and like probably the most asked question is. How do you stay focused at home with medical school online? Uh, So it's definitely a challenge. Um, Mm -hmm. I know since I've been back here, I live with my parents. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. how many other people are in that same situation. But obviously, when you're around family, they uh, will ask you to do anything and everything. So (laughs) (laughs) it, it can be a challenge to, you know, kind of find time to yourself to study. But honestly, I mean... For me, it's the same as back when I was on the island. You know, there's things to distract you. You know, it's not like you didn't have right. internet access to go on Facebook, mm-hmm. go on YouTube. So, I mean, really the same challenges are still there. Um, in some respects, it's, you know, even more com- It's more comforting because, you know, you actually have good food accessible to you at all times. <laughs> right, exactly. But, but um, honestly, it's, it's the same. You kind of just have to, you know... Worst case scenario, depending on your situation, you may have to talk to your family members and, you know, negotiate with them and say, like, look, you know, I need X amount of time to myself during the day. I don't mind helping you when I can, but, you know, talk with them and make them understand that you need time to yourself because, you know, everyone's different. But I'm sure the majority of us, at the very least, need a good four to six hours every day of dedicated study time and, you know. Yeah. With, so, without that, it's it's difficult. Right. For for me, same thing. Obviously, I think the only people who were affected by switching online were the students who used to go to campus and sit in a library to study mm-hmm. or go to class, which going to class, majority of the students do not go or attend live sessions of classes at Ross. You know, you start in the beginning and then eventually you'll see people just not going to class that much. That's very common. So I think... Um, for me personally yeah like um the only thing that's different for me is that i'm surrounded by a lot of family members um and i have good food at my fingertips (laughs) um like i don't have to worry about meal prepping and things like that and i can just focus on studying but i do understand what a lot of people say when they say that they're distracted by family members like voices or the tv or 
you know, things like that. And so, like Jordan said, you have to just sit them down and really very seriously tell them that this is your future. And they need to pretend that you don't exist almost. You know, they need to pretend that you're on the island and not, not you know, in your bedroom or wherever you study. Um, they need to, you know, really just think of you as not there so they can't, like, ask you to do things. And I know it's not going to be doable for a lot of people, but if it works for some people, then please do that. Also, I do not study in my bedroom anymore. I have taken up space um, in the basement now, so it's even harder for my family to, like, get to me. <laughs> Um, so if you have, uh, if you can do that also, please, like if you have a spare bedroom or a basement, um, please shift your desk and your bed over there and that should help. Yeah. You know, the, I guess that's a big thing too. Yeah. Definitely, uh, get a study space because, uh, mm-hmm. when I first came back, I was in my room as well quite a bit, but, um, quickly found out that, that was no good. Cause, uh, you know, when you're around, you know, in your own bed, different from the ones of Barbados, they're much more comfortable, much more apt to take naps. Yeah, and, you know, you gotta you gotta really carve out a decent study space for yourself somewhere if possible. And you and me both, we've always just used Panapto as studying. Like we barely really went to campus, right? Unless we had to. Yeah, I wasn't really a big fan of the campus studying. I campus, felt, yeah. Uh, much more efficient at home. Um, I liked the recording of the lectures. I could. You know, I was a big fan of go through every lecture at two times speed because mm-hmm. I felt most of my learning came through my own independent study, whether it was with the resources Ross, Ross gave us or outside. Um, Definitely agreed. Yeah. I, you know, I only went to class for the first week and I still regret it to this day, you guys. I, I was like, I wasted that whole week and when I could have just been doing so many more productive things at home to you know have a you know get a better grade so um i personally like panapto is just so amazing you can fast forward or you know reverse um two times speed or even one and a half if you can't do the two times it's just like amazing tool and so i we're not saying that it's not a challenge or that things are not that hard at home like studying at home yes they are so it's not gonna be an ideal situation and we're just gonna have to deal with it because Unfortunately, this is nobody's fault. We just have to, like, exist in this limbo until we can, you know, get to better conditions, which would be ideally the island for you all. Um, but please don't lose heart. I know it sounds like it's, um, it's very overwhelming, but believe it or not, Jordan and I, when we started, first semester was much more dense than it is now. Um, especially with anatomy being in two semesters rather than cramped in one. Um, yeah. All right. Do, uh, are you good, Jordan? Yes, yes. Do you want to move on? Okay. Okay, so the second most popular question is um, the difference between C-track and X-track and, like, the pros and cons. Okay, yeah. So I can. I was in the X-track. You know, I did X all four semesters. So I definitely have the most insight on that. And I can say, first and foremost, uh, for me personally, the biggest thing was just finishing as fast as possible. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't say I hated Barbados, but it wasn't my favorite place to be. And, I, you know, I wanted to get back to the U.S. as well as just I wanted to get to um, clinicals and, you know, to being mm-hmm. a physician as fast as possible. Um, uh, X has its challenges for sure. Um, uh, first semester is standard for everyone, as I'm sure most of you know. Um, and the way that you need to study for that and the, the rate at which you get lectures and your workload for that is how X is going to be for every semester. So first semester is your big gauge. If you keep up with the work and, you're finding that, you know, you're getting the scores you want and you have enough time to do what you want, then X is going to be the thing for you. If through Mm -hmm. the semester you find that you're struggling and barely getting by and you're not having enough time to let things sink in, then C is going to be for you. Um, I can say probably the for X, the biggest thing, challenge for me personally was kind of the rate with which you're studying 
not everything necessarily like goes into your head and gels very well the first time through. Um, as I'm studying now for a step, um, I'm making, I find that I'm able to study now and make more connections between various systems with respect to like pathology and whatnot. Um, topics that you'll get more in your later semesters at Ross, but connecting the big topics when it comes to like diagnostics back to your anatomy and biochemistry, which mm -hmm. is what you'll get a lot in your first semester. It's a lot easier now where I'm not constantly having to worry about what's the next thing that I need to study. Right. Um, I feel now if you take the C track where things are a little bit slower, that's a little bit easier to do as you're studying new material, uh, you know, while you're at Ross, the problem that I think I would have had would see as well as that I, um, that I just see with a lot of like friends that were also in C is that you will get breaks with the C track as you get into your second semester and on. Mm -hmm. However, those aren't meant for you to really have breaks. You need to use those to study. And a lot of people fall into the trap of, well, I'm off for two weeks. So, you know, I'm going to go have some fun for a few days and then I'll get back into the studies. And then those few days turn into their entire break. And the whole purpose of that break is to have, you know, more time to study and make things gel in your head. And they don't do that. They just waste it on, you know, free time for them with entertainment, which, you know, everyone has the, the choice obviously to do what they will, but it's not effective use of your time. And like, I know for me, that would have been a distraction, which is another reason why I went the X track. But then there are others that do make use of that extra time and see, and, you know, it does well for them. So I think um, a lot of it has to really do with how do you handle the workload, the pace with which you have to work, and are you really going to make use of that extra time, or are you just going to use it to, you know stream a bunch of stuff on netflix <laughs> and going off of that so i'm from uh, i'm in c and i love being in c semester but yeah the negatives like the cons really do get to me especially having the breaks in between um so uh in semester two our breaks were probably like the best ones um in terms of how the modules were um working out for us so after that our our breaks got significantly longer especially semester three I mean there was this huge like a month there was this like whole month of no classes for us except for like a mini in in that month and it was it was really tough to stay focused and study because it was just like it didn't feel like we were in school so I think that is the biggest um, disadvantage to see track um, you kind of lose track of what you're there for and you get distracted um, with that said, though, um, I personally try to take days off and then also continue studying or watching lectures or doing something. So I'm not feeling like I'm on vacation when I'm not. Um, two, I love that I have the t extra time to just learn and understand things, which X, I don't think they do because they're constantly worried about how to like learn everything at once. Um, you don't have to worry about that in semester in like C track. You can really focus on outside resources to help you with the material, and you can take your time to understand things. Um, and that this only works for some modules. Not every module is going to have a break after it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, X and C have a lot of the same modules at the same time with no breaks in between. So. You will you will see as you go on, but by the end of semester one, you will probably have a very good idea of what you want to do, X or C. Um, but yeah, that's all I really have to add. I think C semester is great if you want to take it slow and give yourself a mental break in between. There's nothing wrong with that, but don't lose track of, you know, studying and your lectures because uh, nine times out of ten, you will already have had lectures and then you will have a break and then you'll have a mini right after. So... Um, you want to make sure that you're studying during that break. Okay, that's all I have to add for that. Um, so this one's fun. What is life like in Barbados? And would you mind, Jordan, if I uh, go first for this one? Yeah, go, yeah. go right ahead. So life in Barbados, I think both Jordan and I don't really like islands. <laughs> or well, I, I personally do not like islands. So life for me in Barbados 
was not the best honestly like i i don't really go out ever i'm always uh indoors studying or if i have time i'll watch netflix or whatever but um i'm probably one of like the only people on the island who doesn't go out or do anything um I, like i'll meet up with friends and stuff and i have gone out to dinners a few times but um for me like barbados life doesn't i don't find that fun a lot of people do there is so much to do though and so which is what jordan was saying that it is very easy to get distracted when you're in sea track because you just want to do everything scuba diving you want to go on resorts you want to go swimming you want to go see the monkeys um you want to eat good food like there's just so much to do and <clears throat> um other than that it is very expensive so keep that in mind um for every 1 US dollar it's 2 Beijing right yeah so with that said you might think that oh that's not bad but like groceries are so expensive in barbados um it still shocks me how much we spent on groceries and then eating out is even more expensive and then add like taxis or you know i think the cheapest option of like transportation is buses like public buses but i heard that they're really uh complicated or just too hectic so people don't usually do that um and oh it's very hot and humid all the time and then it's it rains out of the blue randomly it, like pours and then 2 seconds later it's sunny again um so it's just not my cup of tea so i feel like i'm being very negative about it but um i'm just letting you know that if you like <laughs> the island life you're going to love being there and you're going to want to go out all the time and have fun and spend your time on the beach um so i think part of the reason why i have been doing well on the island is because i had no desire to go out if that makes sense but yeah go ahead jordan yeah i would uh, to add on to that um I don't want to necessarily paint it all negative either, but I think some of the big things that I that I would like caution people is that one, yes, things are more expensive. Um, eating out is really not viable if you're, if you're mm-hmm. looking to do that every day. If that's something that you usually do every day, you're gonna want to have to curb that to some degree, yeah. unless you're just willing to spend all your aid, you know, on food. Mm-hmm. Um, transportation can be difficult. um you know at the end of the day you know we're sort of like tourists on the island and the taxi drivers treat us like that and they try mm-hmm. to take as much money as possible so you know but there are good taxi drivers um definitely you know, so listen to your your peers i'm sure they all have people that they know that they'll tell you to use and you know use word of mouth to find the best uh available to you right um a little bit about coverly for anybody that will eventually go into coverly housing um it much improved from when we started in january of 2019 oh god yeah um, lots of like um guys we didn't options. even have floors when we started we had no <laughs> floors okay yeah, no. now we have nice wooden like <laughs> I, they're not even real wood this not even real wood right it's like yeah no something But, else yeah, yeah the housing situation isn't terrible it it is mm-hmm. expensive um you know right. uh, the tuition for housing is pretty high priced but it's to my understanding now that when you guys return everybody will have the option to seek housing elsewhere should they so choose mm-hmm. um the that could be a good or bad thing i don't know depends on how distracted you are with island life um as kinza was saying there's a lot to do um there's a lot of stuff uh, i'm not going to say you shouldn't experience the island cuz um even though i can't say that i would ever want to live in barbados um you know there are fun things to do there but i think the the important part is just to make sure you stay focused on your studies first and foremost um i know you know a few people that would get trapped in you know heading out to experience the nightlife every weekend and then they would be struggling to meet their academic uh requirements you know afterwards so don't be afraid to go out and have fun but make sure you do it smart don't uh your academics should take priority over you know going out to have a nice night out and have a drink <laughs> 
Yeah, it really is about prioritizing. I also want to talk about people in Barbados and how nice they are. They're so nice and, and helpful and they love the fact that they have medical students around them. You know, they're, they always ask, you know, are you from Ross? Um, and, you know, I feel like I find that the only people who try to trick you are the taxi drivers into paying more money. Other than that, I found that everyone else is amazing. Yeah, the, um, uh, I, I would agree with that. The, the populace there is um, very friendly. The, mm-hmm. the there are there there are areas that are seedier, I guess. But um, the every semester the they have um, the like U.S. Embassy comes and talks, and you know they they tell you like what places to avoid. Chances are you'll never end up in those areas because those areas there's generally nothing good going on there for people to want to go see. So mm-hmm. that's really not a worry. But um, yeah, generally I I never had any problem where I thought I was unsafe you know anywhere that i oh never yeah i have i personally i'm not gonna talk about everyone else but i've personally never experienced that either and also it's very unlikely that you're gonna go somewhere by yourself most of the time people are with their friends or roommates um the biggest uh there's a big mall right next to the the school the campus it's called sky mall it's within walking distance um and it has a the big massey store in it for groceries and then there's a massey right when in Coverly, there's also a gas station in Coverly, a coffee shop, a bunch of restaurants, a smoothie place, a pizza place, Chinese. Like there, there, like w- even within Coverly, there's so much to do. And you know, if you if for some reason you don't want to cook or you don't know how to cook, you do have a lot of food options available right within Coverly. Yeah, and I guess yeah. the one thing that I would add, Matt, the, since you mentioned um, Massey's, is that the the Massey that's within Coverly, it has mm-hmm. you know your basic necessities but right. usually if you want something like specific especially something that's like uh you know an import from like the u.s or elsewhere you will need to go to the masses and the sky mall that's by the school they have yes. they carry a much larger variety of goods than the one in coverly yeah the one in coverly is actually very small and most of the time they're not even stocked properly they just have the basic necessities. I mean, there was one time where I couldn't find fresh tomatoes for like two weeks straight uh, from our local Massey. And I feel like that's kind of ridiculous. It's yeah. tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, also there are other grocery stores like Popular. And what else is there? Um, uh, the Yeah, Popular is really good. Um, Price Smart. The, yeah. the Popular is probably your cheapest option. However, mm-hmm. it is the busiest of options because um, a lot of the locals yeah. go there because it is the cheapest. So when you go to Popular, you know, if you're not there first thing in the morning, you're often you, you have to expect to be occupied for an hour or if not more uh, in the store. And then there's also um, I'm trying to think what well, they have a Costco equivalent. Um, Price Smart. Price Smart. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the price mart's also really good um if you especially if you're looking for you know like more u.s goods um there yeah, is things like a, toilet a, paper a membership and... price yeah. however um to get in but you can uh to my knowledge uh, last when i was on the island you can split that with another individual the cost for that membership so that it's not as heavy a burden on you financially um i don't quite remember what the cost was i think it was 75 us dollars and um anybody Mm -hmm. anyone i gave the card to was able to use it even if i wasn't present and then um it's good for one whole year i believe yeah i know it is is a year membership i do know that um and then uh i was going to say something i forgot sorry if i remember i will let you guys know (laughs) All right, so I think that's it about just the main points of Barbados. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. All right, um, so how to study for anatomy? Uh, so the, the biggest thing for anatomy is you have to look at the, the information every day because at, at the end of the day, a lot of anatomy is just rote memorization. And the best way to memorize stuff is to constantly keep looking at it until you're sick of it. Um, 
with the way I handled it is that every day I dedicated at least two hours to just reviewing anatomy. Um, and with the new curriculum, um, the first semesters, you will just be learning, I believe it's back and limbs, correct, Kenza? Uh, yeah, first is back and limbs, yep. Yeah, and the that's personally, I think that was the hardest anatomy for me, just because there's so many like little muscles throughout the legs and arms. Um, uh, and uh, again, the, the biggest thing is just like constantly going over it. Um, and in terms of like um, testing on, on anatomy, it, it's a lot of, you know, they, they point at models and ask you to identify stuff. It's knowing, you know, nerves that innervate a muscle. And again, like all, all of that is just kind of have to memorize things so it's just repetitively going over things um space repetition don't constantly go over the same thing you know every day go over a new topic so that you know you're getting you know new things fresh into your head and then using um if, if you if you're not aware you have questions with every like anatomy lecture that you get and I usually I like to go over those like a few days after initially getting the anatomy um, lecture because you know I'm instead of going over it right after you get the information you know you're not really testing your long term memory just kind of what you went over so you know I utilize those like that I also suggest um, if you can get either a physical copy or a PDF of the BRS anatomy uh, that's really good. Um, it's very wordy. It's not going to necessarily be good for, say, um, test, uh, like in terms of identification, like, you know, looking at a bone and saying that's the trochanter of whatever. But there are lots of questions within the BRS that are, I would say, pretty closely mimic what Ross will give you question wise. And it also uh, has a good intermixing of like some physiology and pathology related to the anatomy that will be really good for you in your, you know, as you get into more systems yeah. of medicine. So that would be my suggestion to you is, you know, repetitively go over material and the BRS, as well as using um, the anatomy textbooks, which uh, Ross supplies you with, because at the end of the day, um, those are, you know, college level anatomy textbooks that are, you know, will give you the information that you need that you're going to want to know for your future practice. Um, thank you, Jordan. So yeah, I struggled the most with anatomy semester one. Um, it was just my personal hell. Um, I had previously taken an anatomy course in undergrad, but it was nowhere compared to what they throw at you in medical school. So um my biggest savior was complete anatomy. I used it every single day. Complete anatomy was my best friend. I would I I honestly used it so much. Um and then I would relate it back to the um to the slides. Um probably anatomy uh you do have to do every day like Jordan said and I would even say that you might have to spend more than 2 hours on it if you're like me who's bad at it. Um so because I used to study it for two hours and I literally would feel like I did nothing. It was not enough for me. So and Jordan's a genius. <laughs> so uh, whatever Jordan says, you Jordan's is like one of the most smartest people I have met. I've come across in my entire lifetime and I've met some really smart people. So if he's saying two hours, I would say four. OK, double it. Um, especially if you struggle with things like anatomy, um, anatomy is not easy, even if, even for people who love anatomy, it's not easy. So, uh, the biggest, the most, uh, module that I struggled with, or not module, but like parts of anatomy were the abdomen, uh, which I'm not sure they have it in their semester one anymore. I think it's semester two now, but I struggled that I struggled with that. So, um, I can speak a little bit on it. I used to read the slides and like memorize the slides and the pictures and then I would focus on complete anatomy and then I would literally go to the actual anatomy lab which I understand you guys have no you don't have access to that so and that's really unfortunate it sucks because you don't have the um the anatomy the dissection tools that we used to use in the in the anatomy lab um so I'm not sure what would 
I'm not sure how they're gonna replace that for you guys actually. So yeah, I don't know that that's a it's a little tough because just yeah. with everything being online, it's obviously gonna be much different. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I'm I'm just going to talk about uh, my experiences, and then hopefully you guys can tailor it to whatever, however they're teaching you anatomy. I personally didn't think um, that any of the anatomy practicals were ever unfair. I think they definitely do ask you questions that are high yield and important for you later on. Um, but um, you really do have to put a lot of time in anatomy and talk it out with your, your friends, you know, over Zoom or WebEx. Just talk about the arteries, which or what innervates what muscle. That's really important and high yield. You have to know all the muscle groups and what innervates them. It's not just brachial plexus anymore. It's a lot more than that. You have to know all the arteries and their branches. Actually, maybe not the branches so much. Just know the main arteries um, and the nerves and then the venous drainage. Um, it's a lot. No, I'm not sugarcoating it. You are going to struggle with it. But you know what? It's med school, right? So it's not yeah, supposed to be easy. And uh, also... Um... Again, I don't know how they're going to do the a lab portion, but if they pr- provide you with the material, um, the like lab uh, book that they give you, um, the PDFs in the beginning of the, each lab section, they have everything that they want you to know listed in terms of like the arteries, nerves, muscles, and whatever other structures they point out. And those are exactly what they're going to test you on on your exams, uh, at least with regard to the practical stuff. So, you know, if, if in your learning objective, one of the structures is, I don't know, the brachial artery, make sure you know, you know, the brachial artery, where, where it's at, its branches, um, uh, you know, whatever structure they tell you, make sure you know everything about it, you know, and if you can do that, you know, you'll be okay. And I know that that sounds like a lot, but when you say everything about it, you know, there are some structures that, you know, there's four five, six different points you can know about it, but um, it's, it, it gets easier, easier as you do. I, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's just like, it's really overwhelming at first, but the more you get into it and the more you just like keep chugging on, it, it, it sinks in. Right. Yeah, it definitely does sink in. A lot of the things I studied back in semester one from anatomy, I still remember them because I just drilled it so much into my head. And also, uh, you will only have anatomy for two semesters. We only had it for one semester. So when you're studying it, really try to study it properly because you're not going to see that stuff again after semester two. So you really want to make sure that you're studying anatomy because other like other like physiology and pathology, a lot of the topics come up semester by semester because uh, the organ systems are all interlinked. But anatomy is the one thing that doesn't come up again. Um, So make sure if you're studying it, try to study it properly for step one. So you're not, you know, going to be struggling when the time comes for step yeah, because uh, just briefly uh, on that point, you know, as I'm doing like practice exams for prep for step one, uh, the anatomy, while it's not, you know, 50% of the test, I can tell you that there are definitely, you know, four or five questions related anatomically on every practice exam that I've done. So it's it, it's definitely a focus area. It could be, a, you know, a difference maker later on down the road when you're taking your exam. Right. All right, so let's move on to uh, learning objectives and if they're actually important or not. So for me personally, I honestly never paid attention to learning objectives. Um, me neither. I, I know that sounds like really weird because you're like, you know, well, isn't the professor telling you what you want to know? And yeah. all I can say is that the learning objectives that they give you are very general and broad. Mm-hmm. And if you just go by those, I promise you, you won't do well. Um, I promise you too. Yeah. You, you, you just have to take everything they give you as, as a whole and just start breaking it down piece by piece. Don't, you know, look at a learning objective and they say, you know, define, you know, some physiological thing and think, and oh, it will okay, be like, I know the definition. Ten slides. Of, yeah. You, yeah. You know, 
sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, I know they drill it into their minds that learning objectives are the it like way of doing it. But trust me, I I hate the learning objectives. I think it's great if you want to start off because you don't know how to study. Maybe start off by learning objectives and see what you know, what you don't know. But that's it. You cannot, absolutely not rely on the learning objectives. And I will fight with whoever says otherwise. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just like, yeah, I can see it being used like as a basis of, of where to start with your learning. Yeah, but it's definitely not the be all end all of what you want to know for any given lecture. Um, the The best way to approach it is just that anything that they put on those slides is something for you to know, unless they right. say otherwise in their lecture. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there, which they do. Yeah, there there are professors that they'll mark their slides and they'll say you know FYI only because you know the the details are too much for you know medicine at least what you're going to be doing it's more you know research interest and then other professors you know if they do their um i'm sure some of them will do recorded lectures where they'll say you know don't pay attention to this this is just supplementary pay attention to that stuff because anything that you don't need to know is obviously good so you can have more space for things you do which is why it's important that you watch lectures yeah the otherwise there's not you won't know what you what you don't need to know yeah um, but yeah, that, that's that's pretty much my take on it. Is that do not use those as your like sole basis of what you need to know. They're, you know you, they can guide you, sure, but mm-hmm. they're not gonna. If you stick to those, you're not gonna know everything that you need to know to answer the questions they're gonna ask you. And so, going off of this topic, uh, a lot of people also are desperate to know how to study. Then, like study tips and things like that. So, I'll start off by that. I have a very unconventional way of studying and in the beginning when I used to do this, it made me feel very self, self-conscious self because I was not doing what every other person was doing like Anki or note cards or one pagers. I was just relying on lecture slides and I was reading them and rereading them and just watching rectu- lectures over and over again and it seemed to work for me because I was really understanding the material and I was drilling it into my head but everyone around me was doing was going to campus and going to the library and spending so much time taking notes. And I was like, wow, I, I'm not doing any of that. And what if I'm doing something wrong? But then I started seeing my grades go up and I was like, okay, there's a reason why, uh, there's a reason that I'm gonna stick to what I'm doing because it's working out for me. I hate note-taking. And I spent so much time the first um, before the first mini taking notes and trying to make one pagers and they weren't even one page long. They would be like five or six pages long, and it was so frustrating. Um, I almost got nothing out of those. It was just a waste of time. So it's okay if you have an unconventional method, but if it works for you, just stick with it because it's so easy to compare yourself to other people and feel like you're not doing enough, but you cannot do that. You cannot compare yourself to other people. Your progress and your journey is your own. So please just focus on yourself and do whatever you think is best for you. And you might have to go through like a bunch of different methods before you find what works for you the best. But I can sit here and give you all this advice on Anki and this and that uh, or flashcards. But like, you're not me. What works for me will may not work for you. So yeah, listen to what other people are saying. But at the end of the day, it's literally on you to figure out what's going to work for you. Yeah, and going off of that, um, <clears throat> I also would stress that that what you see other people doing, you know, even if they tell you like you have to do this, take you know take take it and maybe give it a try. But if it's something that you do and like, and if it doesn't click with you immediately, then just stop and go back to what you're doing. Um, right. You know, especially if you're already you know successful and meeting the marks that you want to meet don't try and change it up because someone said, you know, they found something that allows them to get through things faster or do things better. And they've seen their grade improve. Everyone's different. Everyone does things differently. And, you know, I I could tell you what works for one person will be horrible for another person. Um, Mm -hmm. I know myself, my first few weeks, um, I took advice from so many different people and, 
some of them worked out great and then some of them I was doing them and then like, you know, five hours into it, I'm like, this is terrible. It's taking me, you know, way too long to get to, you know, 10 slides or whatever. Um, like one pages, for example, was something that I gave a try for a little bit and it just was a mess for me because I, I still can't fathom how people can take, say, a 75 lecture, 70 slide, 75 slide lecture and get it down into one page. It just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense um, to me either. I think one pagers are so overhyped, but I don't see why. I really don't get it. Yeah, but I mean, then again, it could be the thing for you. So again, yeah, it could be the thing for experiment, you. Also, but same don't goes get for learning objectives. It. Sorry. Uh, no, continue. What were you saying? No, I was just saying that, like, feel free to experiment with whatever someone tells you. You know, if it sounds like a good idea, give it a try. But if you're, you know, two or three days into it and you're finding that you're, you know, falling behind or slacking, then that's probably not the thing for you. You know, don't don't feel like you have to do something because everyone else is. Exactly. So going back to learning objectives, I know we said that they don't work. I get so give it a try if it works for you. Don't listen to us. If it's working out for you, please stick to it, okay? But what we're saying is most likely it will not work for you. So we're trying to save you the, like, trouble of, like, not getting bogged down by, like, learning objectives and things because they also feel very overwhelming. Like, learning objectives, some of the lectures, at least in semester 4X and 4C, we had, like, three slides, like, worth of, like, um, learning objectives, you know, I can't imagine someone going through each one and answering all of them. That's like a whole eight pages of notes, yeah. I think, you know, and also copying notes and rewriting them. I don't really see the hype of that, but I think it does work for some people. So I'm not going to like trash talk it. I think it does work for some people. So if that works for you, go ahead. Also, don't worry too much about if your method is Anki or note cards, but it really works for you. But however, it takes a longer time. It's okay, because guess what? It's working for you, so it's worth it. You know, don't try to find something effective and something that's, like, quick to do, right? Because that's that's not the point. The point is to find something that will work for you and give you your good grades and your understanding. So, sure, like, maybe uh, doing the one-pagers, that works for you, but it takes you a really long time. You know what? Just deal with it and and just stick with it, because um, it's it's very hard to find where it works for you immediately and if you do you don't want to let it go yeah and then just real briefly like uh, i guess to talk about my strategy uh what i always found best was i take the professor's notes or slides read over them um always make sure when you get the, the slides from a professor if they have just slides and then a slide with notes always get the slide with notes because you know that's the right. professor annotating further for you to get more knowledge. Um, and then what I would do um, is just go over those. And then when I, if I use outside resources, because there are some materials that you will use it for, some that you don't need to, um, I would just kind of annotate the slides with the information that I wanted to add. Um, I was uh, a big uh, notability. Uh, I really like that uh, for note taking. So, um, you know, I, that my iPad and my Apple Pencil was really good for that. Uh, other people will like uh, OneNote, um, but regardless mm -hmm. of what platform you use, you can all do the same. Is you know just get the the lectures and then annotate as you <clears throat> see fit to add in information. For first semester, I didn't do that so much, but as you get into later semesters and you start delving into pathology, especially and pharmacology to some extent. Um, <clears throat> your outside resources can be really big on that and instead of having to constantly like go back to the book and reference what you want to see for a lecture you can just you know make those notes within the lecture itself so they're always visible as well as the content that the lecture provides mm -hmm. and like I said don't um, try to compare yourself to what other people are doing you, you may not even know if they're doing well or not, and you could be just sitting there feeling bad about yourself. Um, so, yeah. that's I'm stressing this because it happened to me and a lot of people I know, and so I know it's going to happen to you as well. So just do your own thing. Keep your head down and study, all right? Um, okay, we're 
almost at 45 minutes, so I don't want to make this too long. So we'll answer uh, one more question. Um, let's just talk about um, outside resources besides first aid. Yeah, so first aid, um, I know we said we're not going to talk about it, but just real briefly, that's a must. Um, but aside from that, uh, the biggest thing that I could think of is, especially once you get into uh, 3X or 3C, when you start going into your pathology, uh, you're going to want a copy of Pathoma. Um, or Pathoma is great. I, I won't say anything against it, but I prefer uh, Golgen's Rapid Review of Pathology. Um, either store is good. Uh, again, they're pathology text. Um they're, they're going to be your best friend when it comes to pathology and you want to like quickly go over stuff, review and get what's the high yield information. Uh, those are the two textbooks. Uh, either, you know, choose either or which you prefer. Um, real briefly, the reason why I prefer um, Golgen's rapid review over Pathoma is that the rapid review, it's highly detailed, which for some people that can be, uh, you know, it's too much. But I like it uh, because it gives you like not only what to look for uh, when, you know, to diagnose a disease, but as well as like details as to why certain things occur in the disease, which sometimes is what you get tested on. So for me, I felt it was better for that. But I know I would say 80 to 90 percent of the people use Pathoma and they do just fine. So I, I can't say anything against that. Mm -hmm. And then... Outside of that, I think um, going back, uh, I mentioned the BRS series before for anatomy, but they also have other texts for embryology, for microbiology, for behavioral science, for physiology. Um, those are really good because they have lots of question sets in them. Uh, really good to test yourself. Um and I think the, that's about it. Uh, also, one other mention I, I would make, this isn't really an absolute necessity. It worked out for me, but I know a lot of people that I suggested it to didn't really like it, is um, Lippincott Illustrated Reviews Pharmacology. It's, uh, it's a pharmacology review text. Um, I really like it because uh, if you look for it, and like for a PDF, it's like almost 2,000 pages, but I promise you it's it's not like super dense. Like you can get through any chapter related to any class of drugs within a matter of like half hour. Um, and it gives you like all the high yield, like adverse effects, pharmaco uh, mechanism of action and whatnot. And it breaks it down um, into the different classes of drugs and every, everything that you're going to cover with Ross is in here and more. Um, so that's something that you might want to look for. I, I would say definitely get there's PDFs floating all over the internet of it. And it's, it's been really great for me. Uh, but again, other people weren't big fans of it. So, you know, give it a try, see if, what it's like for you. Um, but outside of that, those are the, all the things that I would suggest. Um, I'm a little bit different. I have used four things so far, um, like regularly. I started in semester one with osmosis. I think it's a very great tool they have videos they have flashcards um, they have questions and quizzes so you can literally pick and choose whichever one you like I had the video subscription and the quiz subscription and that was amazing for me for anatomy biochemistry literally any topic you could think of osmosis has it and it's amazing so I do suggest that you guys look into osmosis and I believe sometimes osmosis will give like discounts and things like that so um, I'll have to look into that and, and get back to you guys but um, osmosis is great and then pathoma I personally don't think you need it until semester three because that's when you really dive into pathophysiology um, so you don't have to worry about that until semester three but when you do come to semester three yeah, you definitely want to get either Pathoma or the Golgen pathology. Um, either or, I personally do Pathoma, and I, I think he's amazing, whichever one you prefer. Um, and Sketchy for Micro literally saved my, my grade in semester three. I cannot recommend it enough. However, I do understand a lot, a lot of people do not like Sketchy. Um, you don't, again, you don't need to worry about that until semester three, so... 
you can just disregard this for now. Um, another thing is Boris and Beyond. I think he is the king of medicine. Yeah, but he's just amazing, 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 amazing step resource. Literally, just so concise, and he explains things in a way that almost no professor can explain it. Uh, personally, I think. Um, so look into that as well. And then, of course, YouTube is your best friend. You know, YouTube the videos and see what what's out there because there's so many amazing resources just on YouTube itself. Um, for instance, uh, Ninja Nerd, I think. He's great for biochemistry and endocrinology. And I'm, I believe you have endo this semester. They have yeah, endo. And, so. and, the, and the endocrinology this semester one, yeah. Yeah, so you definitely want to look into Ninja Nerd. He explains things really thoroughly. However, I do find him to be a bit surface level for medical school at times. However, to get a good knowledge of like the main topics, he's great. Um, also, Dr. Najib is great too, but his videos are insanely long, like painfully yeah. long. Um, so, but he's so amazing. So if you have the patience to, to sit through his videos... I swear to God, you will only need to watch him once and you will understand what's going on. So, um, yeah, these are the resources. Um, I know it's a lot, but for me, I just had to take it one step at a time. I wasn't using four resources at once. I literally picked one. I would try it and then I would decide if I wanted to keep it or not. And that's how I did it. Um, do not do everything at once. I don't really personally use first aid. I think it's like very brief and it's great for references, but I don't think it's great for studying. I just, I find Pathoma, Boards and Beyond, Osmosis way better than First Aid personally, but everyone's different. And I believe First Aid copies are free online these days, like they're PDFs. So you don't even have to spend money to buy it. Um, yeah, that's all I have for studying strategies or resources. Yeah, the the one other thing I would add is that don't forget that Ross does supply you with textbooks. And while I don't suggest that yeah. you read all of them, because some of them are pretty difficult to read, uh, quite a few of them do have like questions, um, you know, provided with uh, each chapter of the text. And, you know, definitely dive into those, see, you know, what's relevant to what you're covering and go through those because often, oftentimes the, the questions in the, the books are hard, are, I don't want to say they're always harder than what you'll get on the exams, but they tend to be generally. So if you can go through those and get through them, and even if you don't necessarily get all of them right, going through and reviewing the, the answers, because there are uh, there's questions and answers and they will explain them, uh, can help you learn just as much as going to the lectures. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Definitely. I, I'm not a textbook reader, but anytime I've had to use the textbooks for required readings, I I would always think to myself, wow, this is this is amazing. They explain it so nicely. Um, but then like I would never go back and read the textbooks because I just don't read textbooks. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely, you know, Ross does give you resources. So try to use them. I think they also give, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but our farm teacher in semester three used it dr chambers she would always talk about this website yeah the um, i forget what it's called now because i i didn't really use it often but the, i didn't either but she was yeah, such the, a fan everything will be everything will be or should be explained to you on like how you because you besides what just ross gives you there's all sorts of databases and like free textbooks that you'll have access to uh, just as part of being a med student uh, that Ross, you know, part of your tuition mm -hmm. goes towards them getting access for you. So be on the lookout for that. Or, and um, usually if a professor suggests any sort of outside source like that, they'll tell you how to get to it too. Um, so just pay attention to, you know, what your professors say and any emails you get related to access to libraries and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. They uh, all the professors they really do try to help. So if you even email them saying that you're struggling, they they will be they will help you out. Um, they're very we we have great professors, definitely. Um, so uh, so we're gonna finish up now. Um, but as a bonus, I was talking to students and I was telling them to focus on Dr. Peterson's 
notes at the bottom of his slides because a lot of students are worried about not knowing what is important for the exams or not, which, you know, understandable. We all, we've been there. Um, so I was trying to like help them out and tell them, you know, what to focus on and not. Do you have any other recommendations about Dr. Moore or Dr. Peterson or the anatomy professors and endo Dr. What's his name? Forgot. Uh, Dr. Yeah, Wright? Yeah, yeah. Dr. Wright? Um, yeah. So let's see. So with Peterson, uh, you definitely want to read all his notes on the bottom. Um, you know, that's all his mm-hmm. details, like, on the slide. Um, yeah, you need those, really, to, like, comprehend everything that he's, you know, trying to teach to you. And, you know, that's going to help you answer his questions. Dr. Moore is pretty straightforward. Um, what's in her slides is what she's going to ask you about. Uh, pay attention to everything that she stars and highlights. You know, the vast majority of the questions she's going to ask you will come from those. Um be prepared to look at a histological image and identify stuff. Um, you know, she teaches cell biology and histology, and she expects you to, you know, look at stuff and be able to answer questions on it. So, um, can yeah, I just ahead. add something to that? So, I told the students that she loves pictures, but she will never ask a simple question <laughs> like, "What is the image of this thing?" Like, "What is this?" Right? She will never ask yeah. you that. You you're expected to look at an image. And know what it is already. And then she's going to ask you some second order or third order question off of that image. Something about an enzyme or something about a mechanism of action of some disease or, yeah. or something like that. It's yeah, never definitely. going to be that like simple. The, like uh, like yeah. a simple example I could think of. She'll give you, you know, like a electronic, uh, an EM image of a cell. And you'll see, you know, rough in the plasmid reticulum, smooth in the plasmid reticulum, ribosomes and whatnot. And then she'll describe some sort of basic biochemistry process and she'll say, like, which of the following uh, labeled structures synthesizes lipids? So you'll have to, you know, look for the smooth endoplasmic reticulum and know what it looks like under electronic microscope magnification. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's never going to be, you know, what's the ribosome? She'll ask, you know, what which of the following structures mm-hmm. provides ATP for the cell. And then you have to know that's the ribosome and then what it looks like in the image. Exactly. Yeah. So, and these, these are, even these two examples are kind of yeah, basic. They, they're probably <laughs> going to be more complicated than that. Yeah. So we're just letting you know that, you know, yeah, Dr. Moore's slides are very straightforward, but that does not mean they're, they're the questions are going to be that straightforward. Yeah. Right. So, um, and Peterson, we've already talked about. Um, I, I do think that he likes details. Like, he kind of less likes the pesky details in his notes. Um, so please do not ignore the notes. I know they seem like a lot, but you have to know them. It is what it is. Um, for um, Dr. Wright, he also has insanely long notes under his slides. Um which, but I feel like they're a lot easier to follow than Dr. Peterson's notes because endocrinology is just, I don't know, more, it's, it's easier to learn than mm-hmm. biochemistry just because it's like an organ yeah. system. Um, and his questions, like, honestly, personally, every time I've taken an exam of Dr. Wright, it's been an easy exam. Yeah, like, he also does GI, um, unless, you know, something changes yeah. from when I took it. But, yeah, like... Endocrine and GI seem like they're going to seem like a lot. Uh, you know, there's a lot of physiologic physiologically going on in those systems. However, the questions are very straightforward. If you're studying the material, looking at his notes, you'll do just fine. Yeah, Doctor Wright, like he he might overwhelm you with I. He is one of the professors I didn't really watch the lectures of that much, or I should say I didn't rewatch his lectures. I just used to watch him. And then I would just focus on the slides, excuse me. Um, And his slides were just so good. I honestly didn't feel like I needed to rewatch his lectures or, or even rely on outside resources for that matter, because I really found his lecture slides to be amazing. And any, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think that's spot on. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't think of any other professor. I mean, besides anatomy, which we've already talked about. You kind of have to just memorize yeah, it every day. Yeah, topics like that, that, as well as pharmacology. Um, a lot of it, you know, you got to know the yeah. drug name, how it works, what it can do to the body. You know, that's more memorization than anything else. And in semester one and two, the farm is actually quite simple. It, it 
only starts getting more complicated semester three yeah. or and then later on. So for now, you guys are okay with pharmacology. You shouldn't worry really about farm. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So I think we're done. I hope this helped uh, you guys. We we hit the one hour mark, which I so desperately did not want to do, but yeah. we just had a lot to say. <laughs> Um, but thank you so much for listening. I really hope this helped. Thank you, Jordan, for agreeing to do this with me. It's so nice of you. I know you're yeah, studying for stuff. You're very welcome. Um, thanks so much. Uh, is there anything else that you uh, might want to nope, add? Nothing specifically other than, uh, you know, good luck to everyone. Hope you have a great semester and just do your best to stay focused. I know it's, you know, definitely an odd situation, probably not what you envisioned uh, a few months ago, but, um, you know, you, you can get through it. And best of luck to everyone. Yeah, good luck, everyone. And if you have any questions, please definitely message me and I will try to help. Um, and yeah, so I will be. <laughs> I'll be yeah. finishing this recording now. <laughs> Bye.